Welcome to Parallax by Anchor Calra, a podcast produced by Radcliffe Cardiology to bring you a new angle of all things cardiology and the best from the US Cardiology Review. Published every second Monday, Anchor Calra, MD, interventional cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio, USA, speaks with legendary cardiologists, reviews late-breaking trials and interviews authors of our latest and best US cardiology review articles. We call them hashtag audio articles. Parallax is the effect whereby the position or direction of an object appears to differ when viewed from different positions. So this podcast is your fix of reliable updates on all things cardiology by someone from a non-traditional background who is always looking at the industry from a new angle. Now, here's your host, Anka Kalra, MD. Hello, everyone. Um, this is uh, Ankur, and um, this is, I believe, episode 28 of Parallax. Um, this is a very special episode for me. Um, I have with me two very special guests today. Um, they're actually not even guests; they're, they're part of uh, um, you know what I consider my my work family. So, uh, my first guest uh, is Dr. Anmar Kanan. Uh, Dr. Kanan is an interventional cardiologist at the Cleveland Clinic, and he is the director of the Structural Heart Program at Cleveland Clinic Akron General. My second guest is Dr. Joseph Lahora. Um, Dr. Lahora is uh, a staff cardiac surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic and chairman of the heart vascular and thoracic department at Cleveland Clinic Akron General. Um, Anmar and Joe, welcome on the show. Yeah, thank you. Uncle. Thanks for having us. Yeah. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, what a pleasure it is. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's actually, it's really special for me because I, I've been wanting to do this with both of you and I just wanted the timing to be right, uh, you know, for our program to mature, for it to be a year old, uh, for us to have some cases under the belt, um, which, you know, I can proudly say that we now have achieved and accomplished thanks to both you uh, and Anmar. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, our audience, um, a lot of whom happen to be early career cardiologists or fellows in training who would graduate uh, or are in the process of starting new, new structural art programs with the revised Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services guidelines that came out last year. Uh, I think both you and Anmar have really gone through the pains of establishing and starting a new, new program, a new structural heart program. So I'm gonna start with you, Anmar. Um, you know, when you came to Akron General, um, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, about four, year, five, four or five years ago, uh, you sort of had that seed in your in your mind and you planted that seed out in the universe that, you know, I'm going to come here and start a structural art program, revamp the place, make it state of the art. So how, t tell us more about that. So my uh, when I first came to Akron General, this was in uh, September of 2015, uh, the pretense was for me to be an interventional cardiologist there first and foremost. But I, I had emphasized a plan uh, which really emphasized the fact that structural heart disease and specifically transcatheter aortic valve replacement or TAVR was here to stay. And uh, I was hoping to catch the early wave of that to get us on board with everything uh, prior to everybody else taking off. Uh, and I think uh, that was a part of the reason why uh, I, I was really onboarded very quickly with the hospital as soon as I uh, talked to them and had the interviews. This plan was already thought about uh, from administration and they had a need for it and they were looking forward to getting that started. So I, had, I as you said, I had planted that seed very early. Um, 
from the time we planted the seed till the time of fruition, there's uh, a lot that happened along the way and a lot that we had become mindful of and gone through the motions, uh, which took us to where we are today with a full-blown structural heart program, specifically TAVR for now. Um, Joe, do you want to add to what Anmar said? Because I think you uh, came to Akron at about the same time, I think from, from up north at the clinic. I did. Um, I came down uh, uh, roughly the same time that Anmar did. And, um, you know, in, in our discussions, I think that um, our thoughts about structural heart, but uh, as Anmar says, TAVR in particular, really converged. Um, I think that we... We both realized that that this was going to be, you know, a revolutionary paradigm shift in the treatment of uh, of aortic stenosis in particular. Um, and I think that we um, also realized that that uh, for a a program of our size and our uh, ambitions in in cardiovascular medicine, that if if this if we did not have this skill set, we would not be serving our patient population well, uh, and we would not be able to to maintain um, uh, a staff that was um, uh, of the highest quality and on the cutting edge. Um, so I think we both had intense interest in this approach to aortic, aortic valve disease, but we also realized that in, in truth, it was really essential to the program, the hospital, and the community. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, so thank you for having that vision. Um, my next question uh, to both of you, and an actual follow-up question is, how, how did you pitch that to the administration locally at Akron? Um, and how did um, you pitch that to uh, the administration at main campus? Uh, I mean, was there a natural buy-in uh, to starting a program in the region? Um, you know, given that, you know, the main campus had the expertise in, in structural heart disease and transcatheter aortic valve replacement. Joe, do you want to take that up first? Uh, sure. Um, in that regard, I have to give uh, a lot of credit to uh, heart and vascular leadership at main campus, like particularly Dr. Svensson and Dr. Kapadia, because um, as sort of part of my annual discussions with them about where, where our practice is going and what, what we intend to do. Um, we, we, uh, I, I brought up Tamara, particularly when, um, when, um, uh, uh, Ankur, on, uh, Anmar rather onboarded and, um, they were, they were immediately open-minded to this. Uh, and I think it's because they realized how explosive this technology was, how, um, uh, good the outcomes were, were becoming and, um, how much need there would be um, in the community. And I think they realized, they agreed that, that we would have to have this, this capability in order to serve our community and, and, main, and maintain, attract and maintain the, the staff. So I would have to say that we, we did not have any struggle with uh, the, the Cleveland Clinic main campus to convince them that this was essential. We basically said, we would like to do this. We think it's important and necessary. And they said, we agree. And we will help you do it. So we benefited from, I think, their their insight um, right off the bat. That was very important. Um, and and Anmar, as an interventional cardiologist who was uh, coming to start a program um, at Akron, um, what were some of the 
um, shouldn't shouldn't really call call it a pit shouldn't really call it pitfalls. I mean, I think what were some of the hidden challenges um, that you encountered? Um, you know, when it came to buy in or convincing the leadership um, that this was important that we, that a program uh, of of this nature and this stature and 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 obviously the volumes that we all foresee could happen um, at a, at a regional center like Akron. So I, I think uh, I first of all I want to uh, echo what uh, Joe had said about the uh, the adoption of heart and vascular uh, and thoracic in at main campus Cleveland to just the concept or the or the idea of having another TAVR program nearby uh, at one of the regional hospitals. Uh, they really adopted that very very quickly and and like Joe said there was really no it's not it was not a negotiation it was not a discussion it was more how can we make this happen. Um, I think for me personally, I joined the faculty and this was my first job out of my fellowship training. So first and foremost, uh, my initial job was to at least prove myself as an interventional cardiologist and uh, do well there and slowly branch out into uh, more advanced technologies and structural heart disease. And I think, um, that was that was key to getting that that rolling actually. And once you uh, get some sort of a reputation that outcomes are good, things are going well, then you can slowly keep inching forward with that. I think the most important thing um, for us locally is the fact that I work with people who are very open-minded about ideas, are very um, easy to adopt ideas that they perceive are essential for treating our patients. And we just we just simply said we just work very very well together, and uh, I think uh, Dr. Lahora had been pushing this forward quite heavily from the get go, and to have him as a part of the team as was a huge blessing to us. And on top of that, we had tremendous support from uh, Dr. Svensson, Dr. Kapadia, and now Dr. Reed, Dr. Puri, and Dr. Krishna Swami from main campus to help us just move forward. And we are now considered an extension of that team. So it starts with just trying to prove yourself as somebody who is serious, dedicated, just try to do a good job day to day and just try to take care of your patients and do what's best for your patients. And I think we all come together when it comes to trying to do what is absolutely best for our patients. Yes, you know, it's it's something which... Um, you- you know, is is not hard, not not really hard to see. It re- resonated really well when I came um, to join the team last year at, at Akron. Um, and you know what what really um, struck me, uh, and you know, still uh, to to date uh, is very admirable. You know, for both you and as well as Joe, is how well liked you are by everyone in in the hospital and. You know, how even, uh, Anmar, I don't think I've told you this before, but, um, you know, when, when I'm taking call and I'm local, locally in the area, because uh, I, I don't live around here, um, I, I went to Robex just to, to grab, a, uh, grab a smoothie after a workout and I m- met someone. I, I was wearing my Cleveland Clinic Akron General jersey and, uh, you know, that, that person said, hey, do you know Dr. Kanan? I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I work with him. He's, he's my partner. He's my buddy. And he's like, yeah, he saved my life. He's a great guy. It's like, wow. It's like, um, even at Robex, people know him. I, I know people know him within the, within the campus, but this is like at Robex, people know him. So, 
uh, you know, th- that resonated really well, uh, still resonates today really well with me. It's like how and how well liked you are, uh, both, both of you, uh, by everyone. Uh, and, you know, the, the trust factor, which I think is key for any proceduralist um, to have, you know, not only from patients, but also from colleagues who refer their patients to, uh, to us. I think it's extreme, extremely important to build that trust relationship with the referring uh, physician uh, as well as with patients. Um, how, how did you, how did you, th- did you think uh, that you were consciously building a referral base, Joe and Anmar, or was it something that, you know, is it something that comes naturally to any practice or is, is it something that you have to make concerted effort? Uh, I can, I can start with that, Joe, if you don't mind. Uh, what I will say is, um, for me coming in as the, the new guy, uh, Joe had a lot of experience prior to coming to Akron General. And again, uh, we have uh, Dr. David Hedrick also, who had joined us, had a lot of experience. For me, I, I think I was just very lucky that uh, I basically just tagged along and followed what Joe and Dave uh, were doing. They set the tone. I just followed along and things just fell into place. And I think that the key thing is uh, whether you put effort or not, if you're doing what's best for your patient, people see that. Uh, and patients see that, patient families see that, and that's really all that matters. Uh, just be a pleasant person to work with and try to do a good job and try to take care of your patients. So I think Joe and uh, uh, Dave really set the tone very well for that. I, I would agree very strongly with that. I think we, um, to, to start this type of program comes back to having credibility, and uh, and we and you gain that credibility by demonstrating that, that – uh, your aspirations for building a program are not about you. Um, they're they're about about taking care of patients and what's and what's best for the community and the institution. So, um, I can I can see situations where people try to build a program around a you know an operator who wants to build a, a practice, so to speak, um, where it's a more sort of self focused um, initiative. And, that, and that's that's never been the case case here. And to compliment uh, Dr. Kanan and yourself, Ankur, I think that um, you very much live up to the concept of, of you know, patients first and and doing the right thing for the patient. Um, and and that um, that approach in a very is you know, very um, idealistic, but it has very practical implications for the for the credibility you get for the program. I think one reason that we have done well with the startup of this gets to the to the root of it that we're doing it for the right reasons. We want to do this to make sure that people in our community get the best care, and that our institution um, is operating at its at its uh, highest capability. Um, and so that that gets you credibility with the administ- with say for example administration, um, who also have to look at the practical implications of starting a program. Like, you know, is it is it viable? Is it going to is it going to uh, be able to support itself? Those kinds of things. But I, I agree with uh, uh, Anmar. I think that that uh, our our approach has been you know a, a patients first approach. It's not been about a particular operator. It's about a program, um, and we're very fortunate. I feel very fortunate to, to work with people that that want to work together as a team. And I think, as you know, Taver is. It's a it's the ultimate team sport, actually. It really is. 
Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, I think you need uh, incredible input from um, cardiology colleagues who have a focus on imaging. Um, you obviously need, um, you know, interventionalists who are invested in, in the technology and the procedure. Uh, and you obviously, you know, you, you certainly need um, input from from surgery and, and their participation. And I, I truly think it's it's the perfect amalgamation of, of different skill sets um, uh, with with a common goal of taking care of the of the patient. And, you know, as um, you know, both you and Anmar know, uh, our, our patients are are very complex. I mean, uh, you know, you know, aortic valve disease and um, transcatheter aortic valve program is just not only about putting a valve in. You know, a, a lot, a lot goes into pre-procedure planning, uh, post-procedure follow-up. Um, also, you know, immediately post-procedure, just the setting up protocols, making sure that patients are getting appropriate care, getting appropriately triaged as soon as they're done with the procedure. You know, with expeditious discharge. Um, Anmar, do you want to talk about about the process? You know, for for listeners who are wanting to start a new program. Uh, what are some of the nuts and bolts for success? Because, you know, you and I and even Dr. Lahora, we've all talked that it's not just about putting a valve in. That is, that's absolutely correct. I mean, uh, the the parts that I was very familiar with are the clinical parts. And uh, that's something that uh, Joe had alluded to. But I was not very familiar with the finances and we, with the other uh, action plans that had to be put into place. Uh, for a program to start. So I was lucky to have Joe to, to kind of uh, push that forward. And we had our own administrators that helped with that. And we had a lot of support from main campus to get going. Um, once we thought we had pretty much everything in place, then we faced the uh, CMS criteria for starting a program. And uh, that's really what put everything on hold for longer than uh, we had anticipated. But initially to start, you do need an operator who is uh, well-versed in at least interventional cardiology, uh, preferably trained in structural heart disease and TAVR. You need at least one or two cardiac surgeons who have an interest in this and are a part of the team. You need people who are very good uh, imaging cardiologists, um, and you need good clinicians, and that, that should go across the board. Uh, so that's from the clinical side. From the administrative side, uh, you need people who see the vision, um, appreciate the need uh, for this kind of a procedure and this kind of a technology to serve uh, the patients. And obviously, you need somebody to be looking at the finances to see that uh, is this program something, is something that is sustainable and how can we make it more sustainable uh, knowing that it is a necessary uh, program. So th there's a lot of ins and outs that have gone into it. And uh, Joe and Dave Hedrick also have helped tremendously in getting all a lot of these things on paper. And these are things that uh, I was not experienced with at all. So I was very fortunate to have them to, to help out with that. Uh, once everything was uh, set in stone as a plan, the next step was, okay, what's the next step to move forward with the plan? And that's where we utilized a lot of the uh, advice from Dr. Svensson and Dr. Kapadia at main campus. And with their guidance and with their uh, leadership, I think um, ultimately we've reached the point that we're at today where we're doing these procedures. Uh, a lot along the way has uh, really the, the thing, the important things that have made us start, get a good trajectory, have good outcomes and maintain is really all the support that we've gotten and our diligence to make sure that we're doing well. 
And our team approach, really, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a team approach that works uh, as well. Uh, for us, it's easy to have a conversation. And uh, our team meetings are just very invaluable to us to make sure that we are doing the right thing for our patients. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think, um, I, you know, and Joe, you know, compliments to you. Uh, I, I can say that. So I, I trained at Methodist and I trained with Dr. Reardon and he's very involved with the procedure. He is a believer of the technology and he is, you know, done trials um, at international scale to bring uh, this technology to the forefront in order to take care of patients. And, you know, you belong into that cadre of surgeons who, are who have embraced the technology who who don't see this as compet do not see this technology as competition or interventionist as competition um and you know i was fortunate to to do a paper um with some of my colleagues from prior institutions where we looked at the changing landscape of aortic valve disease and what we actually saw was that we were not really taking patients away from cardiac surgeons we actually added to the pool of patients with aortic stenosis who were actually getting treated eventually because before TAVR was existential or TAVR became what it has now, you know, patients with aortic stenosis who were, you know, at least prohibitive or high risk or even intermediate risk were not actually being offered aortic, surgical aortic valve replacement. Um, I wanted, I wanted you to talk about, about this a little bit, because I think it's important for, um, interventionists who are venturing out um, to start a new program to actually take this into consideration very strongly um, is to to have buy-in from your partner's surgical colleague. I, I have to say that uh, the whole process of building a TAVR program and the as part of that a, um, a valve clinic and a, uh, a structural valve conference and the the um, collaborative approach we've developed has made me a far better surgeon. So there are some practicalities to it. Um, uh, you talk about, uh, I think more patients, now that this is an option for patients, more patients are referred for evaluation of their aortic valve disease in general. It's not assumed that someone is too sick or too much of a problem for, to, be, to be assessed with some sort of aortic valve procedure. Um, and uh, but I also think that it is, as I said, it, uh, it has made me a, a better surgeon because we look at these cases collaboratively from the standpoint of structure and function and all the various options that are available for dealing with aortic valve disease. And um, we make better decisions. Um, you know, the, uh, the the analogy is very much like, uh, you know, revascularization and, and discussing what is the best option for, for achieving the best coronary revascularization in this particular situation. Um, uh, although I, I find that the, the TAVR-SAVR discussion to be more more complex and more interesting. Um, as Amar mentioned, it, uh, the program benefits from the input of, of cardiac imaging, um, cardiology, interventional cardiology, even uh, electrophysiology and, and uh, anesthesia and cardiac surgery. So um, I, I think it's very important. I would have to say that it's very important to not approach the, the initiation of the program as a, a competition or a, a separate pathway to dealing with aortic valve disease. It's the same pathway. 
It's a unified pathway to assessing and treating irritable bowel disease. And we have to come to the decision of what is the best thing to offer the patient. Uh, I found at a personal level, it's incredibly gratifying to me. I've never had a, been more satisfied with my surgical practice because of the approach that we take. Uh, no, that's, that's very heartening to listen. Um, you know, I, I can, um, you know, I can vouch um, that, you know, you're very involved in, uh, oh, you know, also from a procedural aspect, you know, just uh, different steps, you know, wire exchanges, catheter exchanges, um, what's happening um, in different steps, uh, you know, and uh, at different times in the procedure, you know, when it comes to different steps, I mean, you're, you're very involved. Uh, and, you know, both, you know, Anmar and I have, have sincerely appreciated that. Honestly, it's, it's very heartwarming, at least for, for me to to see that um, in in a in a surgical colleague, Anmar, where where, where do you see this? Uh, where do you see this go? Uh, I mean, the, the structural heart program. I know we're still young and we're building. Um, what is your vision for the place, and how do you see this um, grow? So, uh, when we started uh, the program, we were uh, pretty selective about uh, what patients to tackle and what patients to uh, refer to our. Uh, our partners up north at main campus who have a lot more experience than us with it. So uh, slowly we started doing the the relatively straightforward ones just to get a couple of uh, cases under our belt. And then after that, uh, slowly we're uh, starting to see a little more complex patients. Um, we're talking about alternative access towers now and hoping to move forward with that. Um, I think in the long run, and this may be only my opinion or my vision, but uh, in general, when I thought about just the concept of structural heart disease, I think the uh, in my the way it's imprinted in my mind is that the center uh, of structural heart disease starts with transcatheter aortic valve replacement, and for some reason, I have this belief that everything piggybacks off of that if you want to expand, uh, because just looking at all the uh, all the procedures related to structural heart disease, I think TAVR uh, is really the the new godsend. Um, we had uh, TPA in the, in the era of acute MI and then stents in the era of acute MI. And I think TAVR is, is up there on that scale uh, of things that really do improve mortality. And it's, it's a very dramatic uh, change and it's uh, instantly gratifying to see. Uh, so uh, I do think personally that uh, TAVR is at the center and everything else kind of revolves around it. So I, I do see our program expanding to uh, higher complexity patients, alternative access patients, and then uh, from there, uh, starting uh, transmitrals or uh, mitral regurgitation dis uh, diseases or mitral valve diseases, and then basically just moving forward from there. Uh, like I said, we're just very fortunate to have uh, some of the pioneers in the field uh, who are 30 minutes away from us just provide us with the guidance that we need. And even case to case, we do reach out to them and ask questions and uh, ask for their their uh, advice and their input. And they're very responsive. They they actually see this program as a continuation of their program. Yes. Um, uh, Joe, uh, I, I want you to chime in on this as well. You, you took over uh, um, at the helm as, as our chairman of the Heart Vascular and Thoracic Department. What is your vision of the structural heart program and, you know, also of the department at Akron General? Well, I think Amar um, uh, is absolutely correct. I, th I think that uh, TABR, um, the skill set that we develop um, and perfect um, in performing TABR with excellent outcomes is the, is the gateway 
to being able to tackle other structural heart pro, pro, uh, problems as that technology develops. Um, and, and we know that it's going to develop for more for aortic valve and for tricuspid valve and for mitral valve. Um, and um, ta having TAVR under our belt is, is the way forward in that. And so as a vision, I would say that, um, you know, we very much want to be able to offer patients who have uh, uh, valve disease all options. Um, and um, have operators who, who, who know how to take care of those problems, to, whether it's surgical or catheter-based um, approach. Um, I, I would emphasize uh, what um, Amar was saying um, about the relationships with uh, Cleveland Clinic main campus program, which is you know the, uh, one of the premier programs in the world. Um, I would, I would emphasize the two programs contemplating starting TAVR is is uh, the the importance of of building relationship, uh, having a relationship with an established program that's dedicated to excellent outcomes, as well as having very practical relationships with industry. Uh, these things I think are vital to uh, getting a program off the ground, um, and I would c commend um, both you and uh, Anmar. Uh, for the ongoing um, discussion that you have with patients as they come on board with um, our our team up, up at the main campus. Um, we are constantly learning. We are constantly improving the way we do these cases. And every case is different. Um, um, so so I, I, would, I would really stress the, the importance of that. Um, from the standpoint, of, from a departmental standpoint, uh, you know, structural heart is, is a a linchpin for, for maintaining a high-quality uh, cardiovascular department. Um, and uh, it's a synergistic thing. If, if, if TAVR is, is up and moving, um, it depends on excellent imaging, excellent you know, CT, MR, echo. And, and so those, uh, those staff members with those interests and skills can develop further as well. Um, they are... Um, our clinical cardiologists um, know that they have these options available to them. Our cardiac surgeons, as I said, I think grow by virtue of the growth of, of TAVR. Our, our vascular surgeons will be involved in this in terms of assessing serious vascular disease that might complicate the TAVR procedure. So this is a, truly a situation where you know we you know we raise all boats. Um, and it becomes very synergistic. I, I think we do not agree, uh, Anmar, that TAVR has brought us uh, great strides in our imaging capabilities, um, in our relationships with vascular surgery, with anesthesia, uh, those sorts of things. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. I think this brings really all the service lines together and everybody plays a role. And at the end of the day, the success of the program really depends on uh, everybody coming together for the goodness of the patient. And I agree 100%. Our, our imaging capability has advanced tremendously. I think we are able to, when it comes to even hiring uh, new cardiologists, I think once a cardiologist sets foot into the program and sees what uh, options they have to offer their patients, I think their decision-making becomes a lot easier uh, rather than looking at a program without an established uh, structural heart program and having to refer those patients elsewhere. Uh, everybody's 
protective of their patients because they have developed a rapport and a relationship with those patients. And the patients are very protective of their own physicians. Uh, like I said, for us, I mean, we are a continuum of the expertise that is uh, at main campus. And I think we, our team just is, has been designed to work together. Uh, it seems like just, I don't know if it was a fluke. Uh, I don't know if this was something random, but really every single person of the team has the same mindset. And I, I give uh, credit to you, Joe, for setting that uh, tone. Um, so, Joe, um, closing remarks uh, from you and then um, Anmar from you. Um, I know um, we're going to have a new uh, cardiac surgeon member uh, join us as part of the team. Um, maybe you want to just talk about uh, him a little bit and then closing remarks for the episode and then Anmar, uh, closing remarks from you. But, Joe, I'll start with you first. Yes, uh, I, I think we're, we're very fortunate to have um, uh, a uh, young um, newly minted uh, cardiothoracic surgeon, uh, just finishing his training at Cornell in New York City. Um, he is, like Anmar, a uh, graduate of the um, Akron uh, residency programs in, in general surgery. Um, he has uh, a, a TAVR experience from his training program. So just to put things into historical perspective, when I was training, there was no such thing. I, I, didn't, I didn't have any catheter-based skills or training or exposure and that was was would have been um science fiction pretty much at that time uh today um the recent graduate he's he's done uh assisted in tavers as a cardiac surgical fellow so if you know we are blending the lines between cardiology and cardiac surgery and um i, I think it's a very necessary skill set for him um we're very uh anxious to have him on board and, and get him involved in TAVR um, so that we have, you know, available to the TAVR team a number of surgeons uh, so that we're limited when, when, uh, when TAVRs need to be done. Um, and, um, you know, we will, we'll, we'll be getting them up to speed. I think, too, though, that the, it speaks to the importance of having the TAVR program in place. Um, we, we would not have been able to, to, uh, to attract a young, recently trained, enthusiastic, and talented cardiac surgeon if, if uh, TAVR was not part of, uh, if TAVR was not part of our, our program. Um, and I think that we see the same thing in interventional cardiology and imaging and general cardiology as well. That if TAVR was not part of what we're doing, uh, the young, best, and the brightest would not be interested in joining us. No, con congratulations to you for, uh, you know, putting uh, uh, just an incredible. A group of people together, Joe. I I truly feel fortunate to be part of the group. Anmar, to you, closing remarks for the episode. So, what I can say for uh, the new graduates who are embarking on the task of uh, trying to start a new program, uh, starting a new program has its uh, kind of this fear of the unknown uh, as you move forward. So, you really have to have a good group of people around you for support. Uh, there are ups, there are downs. Um, at times, it it may be uh, it may be apparent that this will never happen. At other times, things are moving forward. So you just really need the right uh, support group around you who who see the vision and want uh, the success for the program. And uh, I was lucky to have that. Uh, the other thing is, again, I, I cannot emphasize this enough. The program, uh, like like Joe said, is not about a person, and the team is available whether you're looking for it or not. But it really is, at the end of the day, 
what tools do you have in your in your bag to offer your patients to take care of your patients? Uh, and that's really what it comes down to. Everything else becomes secondary after the patient first approach. So don't ever lose sight of that and um, move forward with that. Do well for your patients and slowly people will start hearing about it and um, hope for great success for everybody who's trying to start a uh, successful program. Well, Joe and Anmar, I know it's a weekday, it's a Tuesday and it's late in the evening. Thank you so much for your time to stay, stay with me for that long to record this episode. Thanks for having us, Ankur. We will see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you, Ankur. That was great. Enjoy Bye. Bye-bye. Dear cardiologists, we want to make this podcast about you and for you. So please email us your critical thoughts, comments and questions at podcast at radcliffe-group.com and visit uscjournal.com for more information. You can also follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram at Radcliffe Cardiology for daily updates. Join thousands of cardiologists and become a Radcliffian by registering to radcliffecardiology.com. You will receive regular newsletters and gain access to hundreds of expert interviews, educational webinars, clinical cases, and peer-reviewed articles from our six medical review journals on general cardiology, interventional cardiology, arrhythmia and electrophysiology, cardiac failure, and vascular and endovascular surgery. Thank you.